I don't know why I, for the recording. I'm like, I don't know why I need it, but I always need it for the recording. The recording. Hi, ladies. Uh, I appreciate y'all coming. It's a busy season. Everybody's busy winding down from fair, starting up with school, all the things. I'm glad you're here. So, uh, Elise, I'm going to blame Elise because it is Elise, and I don't want you to torture me. I don't want you to torture me. You can torture her later. So Elise loves fellowship. That's Elise's gig. So if you see anything fellowship in this group, it's always Elise, not me, because I don't like to talk to people. So uh, <laughs> it's always Elise. <laughs> yeah. Right, high five. Um, <clears throat> so I want, does everybody know what a stronghold is? Everybody understands like what a real stronghold is. So I want you to look at the person left to the left of you, Emma, or to the right of, to the left of you, and I want you to tell that person three strongholds, just three strongholds that you can think of. A stronghold is something um, <clears throat> not of God. Well, there are strongholds of God too. So, but right now I'm, I'm talking about the ones not of God. Uh, three strongholds that you have let in your life. Um, and these don't have to be ones in your life, just three. Um, you've let in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing or, or it has a stronghold over you that, uh, like the devil, you know what I mean, from Satan. It's not of God, it's of Satan. And it's, you know you should quit, but you haven't quit. You try to quit, but you go back to it, pick that sucker right back up. Whatever that looks like, uh, how would you describe that differently? <clears throat> Can we have a spare mic? Because I think this is going to happen all night long. Um, so a stronghold is a lie that's became reality sure. or a belief. Excellent. So that you've taken in as a belief or a reality. That is not biblical. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Good job. Yeah. 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 So person to your right, left, tell them three strongholds that you can think of. We're going to come back to that later. Uh, Emma, you can tell me. Okay. Two more. So tonight, uh, are we close? Sorry, I just was like interrupted, not looking around.
Everybody got those? Work. Okay. So my three, uh, as I said that, I'm like, well, I should probably pick three. I'm going to go with complacency, pride, and offense. What's your three? I wasn't prepared for that question. Well, they weren't either. <laughs> I know. Um, hmm. Trying not to hold on to offense is definitely a big one. I mean, just because we're human and hurt people hurt people, right? Um, not, like, I guess, like, is like feeling like you're not equipped or not oh, as knowledgeable as somebody else when you know that one mm, not qualified and then I think I hold on to like a sense of loyalty to people who've hurt me like that I should just let go and not like why am I so loyal to this person when they're they've proven time and again that they're not loyal to me or not standing by their integrity or they don't show up when they say they will or those sort of things. And I still, I guess that's holding out hope for somebody that they will change. But when it becomes like toxic that way, it's hard to, yeah, that can be a stronghold too. So, um, a definition I came up with of stronghold also is a stronghold is a fortified dwelling and camping around our belief system. Our distorted thinking patterns and faulty core beliefs are the strongholds that hinder our agreement with God's word. That was a mouthful. It took way longer to come up with that. I like, I actually like hers is much simpler. Kayleen's much simpler. Um, Strongholds is not where we're going to camp tonight, though. Well, I guess kind of, but not really. We're camping on gates. And um, and their purpose, biblically, and their purpose in our lives today, and what that looks like. And uh, I think we're just going to try to be pretty interactive tonight. So, um, But just know that without a mic, you will not be on the recording. And then it's just an awkward blank, blank space for the people listening. So we'll try to do that um, and go from there. You want to start? What do you got? So when when we were discussing and we were kind of coming up with what, um, you know, what had been on our hearts and, you know, sometimes there's themes to when the Holy Spirit is moving and talking to different people. And so we were definitely noticing um, a theme of gates. Um, the topic of gates just kind of kept coming up for both of us. Um, and recently in one of our worship nights, we had a very sweet couple that actually was obedient. They felt um, Holy Spirit tell them to come and come to the church and to pray over the north gates of the property. And they did. And it was an amazing move of the Spirit that night. A lot of people um, just were moved by the presence of God that night. So that obedience with um, gates, and we just kind of geeked out a little bit and, and brought that up. Um, so when I started trying to prepare, I 
you know, of course you think, okay, well, what comes to your heart and your mind when you think of gates? Well, similar to your definition, um, I was pointed to gates being an opening in a wall or a fence, a movable barrier, such as like a starting gate. Um, and I was reminded, so my maiden name is Bowdish, B-O-W-D-I-S-H. It is an old English, like, transliteration of boundary ditch, meaning, like, the moat around, like, a fortified city or a castle, right? So we were literally the moat keepers. We were literally the gatekeepers. And so as I started digging into this, that's kind of where I was led, that I am still very much a gatekeeper for my family, for my home, for my marriage, um, and started digging into within being with being a gatekeeper, like what do we let in the gates of our of our home and, and to our family and, and all of those sort of things. And we just kind of fed off of each other in that regard. That is something that uh, I learned through this process. Gates swing both ways, right? Um, they they are designed to let things in and let things out, but pri- their primary purpose in back then and now was to protect the things inside them, right? Like it was a protection. It's still you know your doors on your house. The it, it's still primarily to protect what is inside, and um, like in the cities. They, they, that's what they did. And, and like you said, there, there are keepers that take care of the gates. I, uh, well, let me find it. Please hold. I found a list, and I'm sure this is not all inclusive at all, about gates. Um, whoever owned, whoever controlled the gates owned the city. Okay, so like if you were to come conquer my city, sometimes you would just take my gates and you would put them up by your gates and be like, hey, I got them too, bro. You know, like you just owned my gates, which meant you owned my city. And sometimes they burned them or whatever, but they did actually take them as trophies, which I found a little bit crazy because somewhere, I don't know where, uh, oh, Acts 3-2, wrote it down. The beautiful gate, remember the beautiful gate where the guy was and Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Um that gate was made of brass and 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 required 20 men to close it 20 men that's how heavy that's how we're talking gates we're not talking like you know some things that a cow can jump over we're talking about a gate and so but anyway i found some things that uh, i thought were significant about gates the gates were shut at nightfall to uh because they're a chief point of entry and you don't want the enemy getting in and attacking um it is the chief point where they attacked. It says that in Judges 5.8. Um, idolatrous acts were performed at the gates. Acts 14.13. Battering rams were set against the gates. Ezekiel 21.22. Not that you care where this is, but I just want you to know that I actually found it somewhere. Uh, gates were broken down and burned with fire. Nehemiah 1.3. Business was carried out at the gates. I didn't write that down, but I think it's in Deuteronomy and maybe Ruth. Uh, as a, as a matter of fact, yeah, commerce trade. As a matter of fact, Boaz negotiated for Ruth at a gate. So maybe I should spend more time at the gates. Uh, anyway, whatever. Um, 
uh, the gates were seats of authority. So it's where the judges and the kings sat, and they ruled from there. They also performed um, executions and punishments at the gates. Uh, punishments were performed there a lot because then you were excommunicated from the walls. You had to leave. You're done. Um, wisdom was uttered at the gates, Proverbs 121. Judges and officers served at the gates, administering it is Deuteronomy uh, 16:18. Councils of state were held at the gates, so big meetings, uh, city happenings, new laws, all that happened at the gates. Um, that's in Chronicles. The word was read at the gate. Uh, Nehemiah. Prophets proclaimed God's message at the gates. Jeremiah 17. Um, so the gates were big, right? Like that's where the things are happening is at the gates. And um, I think that's important for us to just know as we move forward into, you know what I mean? Like lots of things happen. Did you, ha did you find other things that happen at the gates? I, I kind of geeked out today. I was looking specifically at like the gates around the old city of Jerusalem um, and looking at because okay so the bible is one unified story it all points to jesus we we know that we believe that right so all of those gates around the city of jerusalem as as you look them up almost all of them jesus would have walked through or the um the the 12 disciples would have walked through on their way so there's um i i really was geeking out on it so try and follow me here so there's um seven gates of the old city of jerusalem um the first if you're looking to the north and going around clockwise would be the damascus gate so that being in the city's northeast side and it connects to the highway to i'm going to butcher this shechem and um, the city of Syria, the capital city of Syria, which was Damascus. Um, so Saul obviously walked that road. He would have had to walk out that gate to get to the road to Damascus where his miraculous conversion even happened. And then he had to probably go back through that gate, we can imagine, to get back into the city to go where the Spirit led him to go and find the disciples. And then um, the next one, as you go move to the east, would be, um, it's called Herod's Gate. Also, in Hebrew, it translates to Flower Gate. Um, and this, there's, there's different dates when all of these were built, rebuilt, destroyed, moved, boundaries removed, all of those things. So there's, I'm sure there's significance in a lot of that. But that... Um, Herod's Gate or the Flower Gate was a gate to any new cities or neighborhoods at that time. Um, then you have the Lion's Gate, um, which physically has four lions carved in stone on it. And that is the traditional start of the, the crucifixion walk of Jesus. So he would have walked out that gate on his way to the crucifixion. Um, the Golden Gate is the only eastern gate of the Temple Mount. And it's only one of two gates of the old city of Jerusalem. And that is where um, all Hebrew tradition says Messiah enters Jerusalem through that gate, coming from the Mount of Olives. And that was the gate that Jesus entered into Jerusalem through. 
Um, and it has been sealed. It's been blocked up and walled off since 1541 and can be accessed from the Temple Mount side, but not from the outside. So I found that super interesting for, like, his hmm. second coming off the Mount, like, in Revelation, hmm. that it's been walled off, but that's not going to stop him, right? Like, he can, he can still get through gates. <laughs> and there is a dung gate near the Pool of Siloam where Jesus sent the blind man to go wash um, Zion Gate which is to the southwest, which actually leads out to Bethany and the leper colonies. And Jesus, of course, would have walked through that gate many times to go see Mary and Martha and Lazarus at the leper colony of Bethany down there. He also stayed with a tanner, which, you know, would have been ritually unclean at the time, but the tanners also lived outside of that gate. So I just, like I said, I was geeking out on all these. It's fun. Yeah. I kind of like to be a geek. I do explains a lot but here we are here we are <laughs> perpetual student correct mm-hmm. you know the one thing that i did find that i found super helpful for our thing is um in john in john john uh jesus says uh, i tell you the truth i am the gate for the sheep so again if if you look at it as though it's protecting the things within that it's an inward inward bound and the protection is once you're inside there that's just jesus saying once again that he is our protector and not only that but that we're welcome so he he tells us numerous i don't know how many times probably should have looked but he is the gate for the sheep and we are the sheep so so for us to enter into the place with Jesus that that's important to him, right? Or he wouldn't have said it. I mean, he had what seven I am statements and one is I am the gate. And so, um, I think that's super, super cool that I had never, I I guess I've, I've seen that, did a Bible study on it, but I never really thought about him being, I, I knew he was my protector, but I really never applied the gate portion of it to that you know so um did you do any research on the gates of the temple because i did well you know okay i I was getting there but didn't dig in as any beyond just jerusalem and that one the temples obviously there were close or the the temple courts being closed off and exclusive at the time only to you know, the women had to stay in the outer courts and then the men could come into the inner courts. And then beyond that, then there was, you know, the priests and then in the Holy of Holies, only the one time a year that the Levitical priests could go in and do the sacrifices and the things outlined in Torah. But that's my baseline knowledge of that. So I, I did a little bit of research there, not a ton. But what I learned is there were gatekeepers on that, of course, because the Holy of Holies is in there. And... um to be a gatekeeper for that, because they were positions of trust, they were um, Levitical descent. You had to have the proper heritage to be a gatekeeper there. And there were 212 of them. Didn't know that, but I like numbers. So there were 212 of them. And um, there were four principal gatekeepers and then and then their heritage down. And they would spend the night stationed around the house of God 
the Ark of the Covenant, because they had to guard it. And they um, had to, they guarded the key, right, to get in. And they were even assigned, I found this interesting, They there were some of these gatekeepers that were assigned to take care of the furnishings and the other articles of the sanctuary and stuff like that. Um, the special flour and wine and the olive oil, the incense, the spices. But, and they were in charge of who went in and went out. And they, you know, because they went in to the Holy of Holies with a rope tied around their ankle in case they didn't do it right and they could drag them out. But they also had to count, they also had to count everything that went in. So they made sure everything came out and it was cleansed and washed properly and, and all of those things. I didn't realize that that was actually a thing, but it is a thing. Um, so the temple, from the temple, I took a little bit of a jump to us being the temple, our bodies being the temple, because that's what that's what Jesus tells us, right? I'm sure I have that marked somewhere, but are you all familiar with that? It's 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, Got to get your right version. Well, right here. I don't know. Uh, it says, why do I, um, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. So, so glorify God with your body. And that made me think, um, about the gates we put up for our livestock, right? The things we're protecting in those gates with our livestock are owned by us. I own those cows. I brand those cows. They're mine. And you can't steal them because I've branded them as mine. And if you steal them, I'm going to come get it. I'm going to come with the brand inspectors and whoever it is I need to. And I'm getting my, I'm getting my cow back. So for God to have paid a price for us, that's the same. We're essentially branded by God as one of God's people, daughters, however you want to phrase that. So if something, if we get outside the gate, a stronghold gets in, whatever, he's always trying to come back and get us. He'll leave the 99, right? Because they're safe in the gate and come after us. He'll come after the one. Mm -hmm. And that made me think a little bit about, um, how many times I've been the one. How many times he's had to go chase you down? Yeah. And find you and pick you up out of the ditch and the weeds and the... Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, far too many. I got it. Yeah, I'm there. Because you know better, right? Mm-hmm. I know better than all that. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Yeah. So anyway, that made me think about that. Um, <clears throat> our gates, if our body is a temple... <laughs> <laughs> If our body is a temple, what are our gates? Yeah. Our heart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Heart's a big one. Anything else? Mind. Our mind, yeah. Yep. Ears. Yeah. Our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I threw in our feet because I think uh, our ears are what we hear, our eyes are what we see, our feet are where we go, um, and that's where we get things Mm -hmm. uh our mouth mouth what you say what Uh, you say what you take in too yeah sure Mm -hmm. yeah like food yeah yeah it says we got a polluted temple 
like the Holy Spirit's not going to be living his best life in that temple. Correct. Mm. Correct. Um, so I, I, that took me to a little bit how we how we should protect those and what that actually looks like in real life. Because we can talk about the gates of Jerusalem and we can talk about all those gates and their big fortified cities and that's just not, it, it, it's not real world these days, right? That's not what we have. So what we have is what you were talking about. We have our, we have our doors on our houses. We have, um, you know, we have ways to protect ourselves from those things and, and what that should look like and, and how that, um, how we should actually handle it, right? Um, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, so your mouth. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path with your feet. Stay on the safe path. And don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. It doesn't say anything about your ears there, but that was King Solomon. You know, why is King Solomon that tells us to guard our gates back then? You know? So I, I think it, I think it, it's crucial that we do those things and get better at it. Right? We've got so much influence, so much social media, so so many things, right? Like, I don't want to blame everything on social media because it definitely is not. And I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, and I'm going to say something because I can. If any of you women are single, you have another gate. <laughs> you have another gate that can create strongholds and soul ties and and we don't talk about that right we don't talk about that in public because you know it's not a politically correct thing to say we talk about you know our ears and our eyes and things like that but you got to protect that one too just leave it at that (laughs) there we have it good good smoothing over yeah well (laughs) well done well, Not my forte, but right. I'm just saying it's important. I mean, this is why I, the Bible talks about it. Well, your your gatekeeper roles change over the years, and your that that's one of them in your seasons. Yeah. You know, whether it's for yourself or your spouse or your children or your friends or you know, I talking about people we're looking out for on social media. We were just in the in the hospitality area talking about. Um, you know, being aware and discerning of those people who would come and they would try to like lie, cheat, steal the deceiver, right? Like they're coming in, they're hacking. Hackers are a real thing. People that are deceiving and trying to steal, like that's a real world concern, but it's not a new trick of the enemy. He has nothing new under the sun. All he can do is corrupt what, what God has already given us, right? So I think too of like being the gatekeeper yeah, there's those who would emotionally try to do harm. There's those that would physically try to do harm with within like modern day area era and I, like even like slavery in biblical times and for generations since. People who would come to traffic other human beings, you know, they're still they're always grooming the gatekeeper. That's what they say 
you know, that they're going to try and get to the teacher or the parent or whoever is closest in order to gain access to your fortified cities and the things that you're trying to protect. So, yeah, being a being a diligent gatekeeper and keeping your, you know, ever ever discerning is very important that way. Um, I think about, um, like, physically who has the door code to my house. You know, there's a handful of people even know where I live, let alone, you know, that the hide key is where it is or that they know what the garage door code is or... Oh, if you need to, you can pop the screen out of this window and really get in if you in a, you know, in a bind or, you know, those sort of things. Like, you don't just give that information out to anybody. Like, it's your inner circle. Well, when you take that, take that back to Jesus, though, Jesus is doing all those things for us. Mm-hmm. When, when you hear from God or you get a feeling when you're around somebody, that's God telling you not to let them in your gate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's God. And how often do we go, oh, just once. Oh, I'll just do that once. Oh, I'll just go over here once. I'm just going to go over here. I'm not really going to do what they're doing. I'm just going to go over out here and hang out with them while they do it. Well, that just went in your ears, your eyes, your feet, maybe your mouth. I, I do. I, guilty as charged. I, I'm trying to work on it. Um I found some verses just a little bit about like on your eyes, your, and I thought maybe somewhere in the Bible they were actually called eye gates and ear gates because that's how Pastor Lynette refers to them. I couldn't find I didn't any find proof it of that. Yeah, I looked though. I did too. Um, in Hebrews it says, looking away from all that will distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus. How often do we actually think about what we're looking at? I mean, because you think you can control it, right? Once it gets to your mind, or I do, I think, okay, I, it's fine, whatever. Not my favorite, but here we are. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, there are some things I hide my eyes from because I'm kind of a fraidy cat. So if it's scary, I got, you know, if the dog dies, those kind of things. But how often in everyday life, when we're scrolling, do we pay attention to what is actually going in our eyes? Um, Sorry, you don't have to back up completely, but a little bit would be great. Is it on? Okay. I think I'm there. Okay. Um, not to sound like a millennial or anything, but I was on TikTok, and there's a song trending right now, and it's called Paint the Town Red, and she's literally talking about how she sold her soul to the devil and she doesn't care because she'd rather be famous instead in the video i will not watch the video but the clips i've seen she's literally like this is on point she's dirty dancing on a grim reaper and dresses the devil so like this is the stuff that is circulating for all these people to see young kids even me and i you know i'm christian and i know better and i catch myself like seeing like seeing that little tiny piece that I heard in my head 
And it's just interesting how catchy things that you know you should not be partaking in or listening to or watching, how easy it is for it to just go in your head. And even I know better, you know? And so I'm thinking about all these young kids who are like dancing to it and may don't, don't even know what it's actually saying. And I'm like, this is literally modern. Well, that's how, that's how it gets in and creates strongholds, right? Yeah. That's, that's where some of those, you know, that can be fear that I can see that being a fear stronghold. I can see that being, you know, a number of strongholds. It, and that's how, like, you're, if you think about your eyes and the things you just see, how often do we go, oh, you know what I mean? Or, and how, how much more often should we do that? How much more often should we go, oh, that's not for me? You know, it says, uh, in Matthew, your eye is like the lamp that provides the light for your body. So when you think about that, if the eye, is like a lamp that provides the light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that? And that's just simply off of one TikTok. You know what I mean? Let's not talk about the other 43,000 we just scrolled past. You know, so I, I don't know. Anyway, that's how, that's how I feel about that unit. And then you go to your ears, right? Like you're flipping through stations. Um, where did my ear section go? Oh, the ears are gone. Oh, the ear gate. It says, <laughs> so God gave us eyelids, right? Which is cool because you can at least shut your eyes. You can't shut your ears. So to protect your ear gates, does that mean you have to be specific about where your feet gates are taking you so that you're not in those positions in the first place? Like I went down a rabbit hole hard, like hard rabbit hole (laughs) about how it's all combined. Our feet take us to places where we see things and we hear things and then we speak things or people are speaking things to us. Like, I knew this. I knew this stuff. I knew that we're supposed to, you know, all the things. But I don't know that I did it. Like, I stay out of, you know, the red light district and I stay out of places. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's places I shouldn't go. But when I sat back and thought about it, I'm like, there's a lot of places I do go that I should probably reconsider. Well, I think that's why it's like in scripture, we're told to gather with like-minded believers and do not grow weary of doing what is good and to gather together with the church, you know, whatever that looks like so that you are surrounded by those people that are going to speak edifying things over you and encouraging things over you and speak Jesus over you and be, you know, we're calling it a sisterhood, but like a family environment where you're in, you're in a safe place where you can have these conversations and get to know people, you know, with the covering of the church and that it's, it's good here. It's not going to be corrupted like those other places that your feet could potentially take you to. So I, I totally agree with you. 
Like, I have been really good about protecting my house, protecting my kids inside my house, protecting a little monster over there inside my house. You know what I mean? I'm careful about what's in my house. I'm careful about playing worship music in the house. I try not to play ACDC and Kid Rock around her. You know, I try to listen to Crowder. And so we dance every, her and I dance, not every morning, but a lot of mornings we dance to worship music. It's what we do. Come on, time to dance with grannies. And so I'm careful about the things in my house. I just, I'm just going to be real honest. I'm not careful about the things in the world because I think in my head I had some kind of switch that my house is safe. I'm just out here for a minute and then I'm going to go back and be safe. And I don't have to take this with me. I don't have to take any of this back in my house. I can leave it out here. Well, can you? Because turns out I don't think I was. I don't think I was leaving it all at the door. You know what I mean? Because at two o'clock in the morning, why am I awake with my light on? Because I'm afraid of something. There was a noise, something scared me, fear got in, I had a stronghold, whatever, you know. So I think we need to be, or I, I shouldn't say we, because I'm not putting you on my boat, but i got to think there's a few of you out there on that boat with me. I think when I go into the world, it's okay to do all those things and, and see all those things and hear all those things, because I, maybe I thought my mind was strong enough to delete them before I went back in my house. I, I don't know that I thought about it either, but now looking back at it, I'm like, what were you, what were you thinking? I mean, it says about, um, it says we're actually supposed to turn away when people are talking bad or whatever, you know? Mike, I know I don't like it either. That's why I have this because everybody yells at me. Oh, on that topic, like in terms of things we take in through our ears and where that takes us, like if you constantly surround yourself with people who are gossiping, it's easy to gossip and you may not even be aware you're doing it. And something that was like super awkward for me, and I remember the first time I did it was I had just started coming to church here, so it was in like 2017 or something like that and I was not here but I was in a conversation and it went south and I remember just putting my hand up and being like I can no longer be a part of this conversation I am going to be leaving I love you but I can't be part of it and it's interesting how it's so awkward to do that to be able to be like no because you're Correct. Me and for my husband. I mean, we didn't have kids at the time, but it was something where I knew I was going to bring that back home because I tell him everything. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go say, hey, hey, come on. And that really the him and then his work and all this stuff. And it's like. Well, how often have you heard, I'm not gossiping, I'm just telling you so you can pray for them? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm just concerned, and and I know you pray for people, so will you put them? I, I, 
I'm not, I'm not gossiping, but I just, I just want them to get prayed for. Well, okay, I just heard you say that to 17 people. Yeah, and you'll pray for them. Yeah, I love that them. one. I, I know you're a vault and you'll pray for them. And I, you, I don't want to use that one wrong, right? Because people do have prayer requests and we should pray for people. But that's where our discernment, you know, our discernment should be like uh, to to discern how that is, especially when we're saying it. Like I've asked people to pray for people before. I, hey, will you pray for, you know what I mean? Like, and, and. Well, and if they're trusting you with that, like they're coming to you in confidence and they trust you enough with a genuine need and a genuine prayer request, then stop and do it. Like what, what stops us? We're stopping at the gates, right? Like we're, we're out the outside of their strongholds and they're opening the gate to us and they're letting us into their situation and they're genuinely asking for prayer. You don't shut the gate in their face and walk away and pray about it later. Stop and do it right then. How often do we do that though? I do that. Oh yeah. I'll put you on my list. I'll check that off tomorrow when I check in with God. Like why not now? Refreshed batteries. It's green. Oh, there. Okay. Now it's on. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like it goes kind of back to like planting that mustard seed. You know, you can either um, plant the seed of forgiveness and let that grow you there or you can plant the seed of uh what do you say hate or betrayal and that seed will grow too you know and so it's where you put yourself in the situation like taking it home or leaving it where it lies you know um as you pray for people um that's kind of like giving it to God. So that's like giving that away. So it shouldn't be a seed that's planted. If that makes sense, you know, So you're not taking it home with you. You're planting it right there for God. I love that. You're giving it to God. So you're not dwelling on it or, you know what I mean? Because it's like, obviously you can't live a life for somebody else anyways, but also being able to distinguish the difference between, this is for me and I need to be there for my friend because I have the strength and the willpower to love them for them. Or I could be like, Hey, this is not for me. This is going to, you know, make me back up as a person in my own beliefs and in my own mind to where it could be positive, you know? It could be positive regardless. You can let them in your gates and still know who they are. Or you can sit there and let them plant that seed of hate. Right. And sometimes we are blind to that seed of hate. Sometimes it's easy to just be like, you know, well, I want to help you through it. I want to be there for you. And all in all, you've got your own stronghold about forgetting about yourself. Yeah. That. It's okay to open your gate back out and let things out. Yeah. It's okay to open your yep. gate and go, okay, I let you in, but I'm going to let you out now. It's okay to yeah. open the gate and let things out for sure. 
I had an old guy tell me once when you were talking about the seed, and I love that. He used to tell me, he was an old farmer guy, he was he was 98 when I was a kid, so he lived forever after that. The guy was old. Anyway, he used to tell me all the time, he said, Christy Land, because I'm from the South, and everybody uses your middle names. Christy Land, be careful what you plant. Be careful what you plant. You're going to eat it for dinner. And and I was always like, ooh. Because, you know, be careful what you sow because you're going to reap it. That sounded like this over there thing that was happening. Yeah, very Christianese thing. But when he said, be careful what you plant, you're going to eat it for dinner. I was like, oof, duh. And I was just young then. And I've remembered that forever, I, you know, because that's, that's a big deal. And, and that, you know, that goes to your mouth gate too, what you speak. You know, the power of the tongue is life and death. How, how often do we take that serious? And how often do you take that serious for other people? You take that serious for other people, right? How often do you take that serious for yourself? I think that's the downfall that God's seen as Christians. Like, that's why you should just, you know, give it to me. Just give it to me, dude. Correct. Because it's like nobody's perfect and everybody messes up, you know? And so it's easier to just be like, okay, well, I can do your work. But I am going to get caught up at some point. <laughs> and I am going to need you. <laughs> right. So. That is good. I uh, Can I wrap myself out for a minute? So when I was doing all the research on Gates, I have told this lots of times because I found it a very, I found it fantastic. And uh, so the, the verse Matthew it's in Matthew and Luke, and it's the verse about, um, yeah, I have it marked. Wait, please hold. This is, uh, no, Matthew, uh, you would think I would be better at this. I'm better at this when I have like a table or something, not stuff just piled up on my lap. Um, it is 1924. Matthew 19:24 and it's also uh is that right? Yeah, it's in Luke 18 Luke 18 something. Anyway, it's uh when they're talking about the possessions and the kingdom and Jesus said um He said it twice actually. He said again I tell you it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And so somewhere along my way, I heard someone preach. I'm pretty sure, I, I, I think I know who it was, but I'm not going to mention any names because, you know, we might listen to him, and I don't think he meant to. Anyway, so he talked about this gate, a small gate next to the big gate or in the big gate that was called the Eye of the Needle. Has anybody heard this story? And that to, when the gates were closed at night, they would use this Eye of the Needle gate to let people in and out because it was easier per, to protect and it was and it was very small and um to get your camel through you would have to unpack your camel so for the rich man that's like leaving his possessions behind and it's a real cool story right great story not true no <laughs> yeah so i've been telling people this i let it in my ear and my eye gate and i didn't research it 
So when we were talking about Gates, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to research that. I'm going to get a picture. I'm going to do all the things because that's the neatest story in the world about protecting our gates, protecting our homes, letting, you know what I mean? Like I was going to go with it. What we leave at the gates before we enter into yeah. his he- presence or heaven, whatever, anything, enter right? into heaven. Like yeah. I had it dialed off of that. Turns out not a thing. There has never been any archaeological discovery of that gate. At now, Jerusalem specifically? Uh, in Jesus' era, not Jerusalem specifically. Okay. And Je- I'm going to go with Jesus' era. And granted, you might find something di- different than I'm telling you right now. But so I thought, oh, I'm going to get a picture of it. And I'll be like, hey, this is the Eye of the Needle Gate. And so I got to researching it. And um, those gates do exist now. But they didn't come until about 1000 BC. So by then, people have heard what Jesus has said. So I was like, okay. I I don't know how many people I've told that to, but if any of y'all I've told that story to, because I like that story. Yeah, well, I was wrong. (laughs) Were they absolutely wrong? So, and here's where the problem comes in. Um, The problem comes in is Jesus, when he said that, he would have been speaking Aramaic because that's what he spoke. Uh, he knew, I assume he knew other languages. I'm not going to go. But anyway, he would have been speaking Aramaic. And um, in in Aramaic, there is a word, K-A-M-I-L-O-N, which means rope. Okay? And in the Greek... K-A-M-E-L-O-N means camel. So is it a translation thing? Now, the Passion Translation, I did go through some of my translations. The Passion Translation calls it a rope. But other translations call it a camel. It doesn't lose its effect. The rope is still not going through the eye of the needle. You know what I mean? You still have to, it still doesn't fit. And you still have to leave your possessions behind it. You know, all the things. That, so the principle of the... Did I just confuse everybody unbelievably? No. Okay. Well, that's why they say it's the rope that broke the camel, camel's back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But so, but that made me think about my my own personal eye and ear gates. That come from a preacher that I follow and have followed for years. You know what I mean? So we really have to protect ourselves from everything coming in. I mean, I don't want you to walk around being paranoid. You know what I mean? But I have now told that story to how many hundreds of people, and it's just not that accurate (laughs) at all, even maybe. So that, for me, that was four of my gates. That was my ears, my eyes, my tongue, and my feet. Because I took that places with me. I spoke it out of my mouth. I listened to it, and I saw it. I was like, oh, no. And it's that simple. How did it make you feel? Uh, it made me feel like I had betrayed people. It made me feel like um, I needed to learn more. False teacher. Yeah. That's how it made Did me you feel. Hear that like false teacher. Yeah, false teacher. Yeah, kind of. I can... You know. Yeah. And so then it made me question everything else I know. 
I was like, well, what else, what else do I know that's mm -hmm. not true? What else have I been telling people that's not true? Mm -hmm. And really, to be honest, I struggled to even come here and do this tonight because I was like, I don't want to tell anybody wrong. What if I'm, what if I'm up there just bleh? Right. Well, I get that, but. <laughs> well, and my grace is sufficient. Like, I hear you. Grace. Like. Right. She asked me how it made me feel. It made I know. me feel awful. No, I get it. I get it, too. I get it, too. And we do give grace and all that. God, thank you for your grace and <sighs> leading by example that we can right? have understanding but and perspective, too. That that is why we should always, like, not take it as the gospel truth, like anything that we hear from outside sources, and make sure anything we're learning or teaching lines up with scripture and lines up with the heart of God and points people back to Jesus, ultimately, and all that. Yeah, admitting fault and that we're human and all of that is super important. So in that process, I, I got unlocked. Right? Lot was a righteous man. Um, but he became distressed by the depraved... Con this is in Peter. He was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless. For that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. How often do we live in a lawless place where it's affecting our eyes and ears and we don't just leave. Every day. And sometimes we think, well, I'm at work. I can't leave work. You know, I'm at wherever it is I'm at. Well, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude to anybody and just get up and walk out. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to take it home inside my gates. Yeah. All right, I've talked for a long time. It's your turn. Well, so I'm trying to circle back here. So God's ultimate plan, right? Again, the Bible being the entire picture of God's plan for humanity and redeeming his people, and it all points to Jesus, right? So in the garden... When Adam and Eve were sent away east of the garden, still within the land of Eden, because it's the garden in Eden, right? So at that gate, there was um, a flaming sword placed at the gate, and then the cherubim, the um, the angel, the angelic being outside the gate and then even beyond that there's thorns and thistles like we're still living in that thorns and thistles and will be invited back into the kingdom like we, we can be invited into the kingdom daily to meet in his courts with him that way and i feel like that's important to remember too like yes we're we're in an unredeemed world and time and it's full of thorns and thistles and toil and strife and sin and all the nastiness of the world but we have the sword we have access to the sword that's at the gates right we have the sword of the spirit to guard ourselves with i don't know i got i got super geeky with that earlier too 
I love it. I don't know if I... I love it when you... I don't know if it translates very well in the outlaw voice, but... I love it when you get geeky. (laughs) I I remember um, years ago when my kids were young, uh, helping with youth group, and I remember one of the things that we gave them all a little Jesus, and and the thing was, (laughs) we love her, Bailey. Uh, one of the, we gave them a little Jesus and it, and we told them, don't look at it. Don't listen to it. Don't go there. If you wouldn't take Jesus in there. And we told them to carry it in their pocket for like a month or whatever. And, uh, it had a big impact on them, you know, because they'd be like, and one kid come back and he was so honest. He's like, I threw my Jesus out the window cause he didn't have no business being where I was. I was like, well, not exactly what I had intended, but I get it. How often, how often would you have to throw Jesus out the window? Cause he shouldn't be where you are. Sorry. I keep grabbing for the mic. <laughs> I like to talk, but, um, they said though that Jesus always hung out with like the misfits and like the people that sinned and, you know, stuff like that. And so. Um, with that armor of God and to do his work, um, I think it's important to be able to pull those people out of that mm-hmm. fog. Um, and so that's why it's good for like your gates or whatever. You can like, you know, put yourself in a higher standard to where it could be them, but it's not you. That, you know? I, I totally agree, and that was something I was going to talk about next. I think we are called to go those places, right? So how, how are you going to protect yourself when you're in those places? Because, oh, she's got something. I think that's where discernment comes in, though. Because, like, for example, if I were to go to, to Skid Row right now, just because I want to check that off my list and help someone get saved or whatever the reasoning may be. If it's not where you're being called, then it's not going to be authentic and gates are just going to be like going everywhere. So I think that's where discernment comes in because I don't know if that made any sense. No, it made total sense. But like I was going there. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is so important and you shouldn't write someone off because they're a drug addict or an alcoholic, whatever it may be. But making sure your intentions and that's where you're supposed to be called and led to go is important. Otherwise, things aren't going to work out (laughs) the way it goes back to the it goes back to the submission and obedience. Right. Or that's where I had to take it back to. It goes back to the submission and obedience. Are you being obedient to God by being there? Are you fulfilling your flesh by being there? That's where the difference comes in to me. Um. Kayleen's got something. Do it. Okay. So um, I found my favorite gate verse. And so in Psalms 24 in the Passion Translation, it says, So wake up, you live in gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. And I think that kind of aligns to what you're through, like talking about. And it's just, and then like the part where it says it's ageless, right? And I think... Um, I think there's 
like you were saying, there's a time and there's a moment where you are supposed to be where you are supposed to be so Jesus can come through you. But I think there's a maturity that comes with that as you are ageless, you know. So the more you, the more you learn, the more you know. Um, I think the more you know your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, you are able to handle your gates for your heart, right? <clears throat> we have to have our heart to be aligned with Jesus. So when we are walking into places that are not someplace where our, our where we want to be that are not good, right? Because we do have to go there. If we're called, we have to go there because we're supposed to spread the gospel to the world, right? We can't sit in our churches. And we Correct. are called gateways of destiny. So if God has called you there, then he's going to come through you. But once you have, I feel like once you have that maturity and you know your soul and you're aligned with God's heart, it's time to go and let him come through you in those places. I had that verse in my notes too because I did. I'm so sorry. No, 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 you're totally fine. I love that it's your favorite verse and that's why that's why I like small yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like you have to I don't want to say you have to have mastered or have control of your gates because I think that's something we're always going to work on, right? But like you said too, Jesus did. He didn't um he didn't condone the behavior where he was. He, he always tried to show them the, the, the right, the right way and something bigger and lead him back to God, you know, but he did go those places. And I think Kayleen hit the nail on the head with the wisdom and, and that verse, it, it does say to show God, you know, we are the gateway too. And, and I think that's important because you can get in a protection mode as well, which studying this out, I kind of did for a minute. I got in a protection mode and I was like, Ooh, shut all my gates. I'm not going to let anything in. I'm not going to do anything. Well, okay. Then what good am I doing for the kingdom? If I'm just sitting in my hidey hole because I don't want to do anything, then I'm not being immediate. And there comes a level of submission in that where I have to learn how and use wisdom and discernment to not let those things actually in my gate. And and I tell you what, in in real life, um, I have been in places where we were dealing with a demon and casting out a demon. And I remember calling Pastor Lynette afterwards and going, hey, uh, I think I need help. I think some of that might got on me. I don't want it to be on me. I'm not sure if it got on me, but I like, and that's what that's for, right? That's why we have people in our corner that's why we have that's why we have the people we have is so that we can go hey uh i let something in or i might have let something in or i didn't mean to let something in but i could have got in like i might have had a hole in my gate i don't know if i got my gate shut soon enough but you know so i think that's important to understand when you're doing those things that you have people to help you do it she's looking at me sorry and i also think it's super important to remember that like when we are going out there that to remember that jesus is bigger than anything Mm -hmm. so if we do step into something that we shouldn't if we step into a mess that we shouldn't be stepping in like jesus can take care of that right like jesus is above everything else so like the frady hole right like not saying go go get dirty but like don't intentionally seek things that are bad for you but don't 
be afraid to go help people and know, like, okay, if I got something on me, Jesus, Jesus can take care of that. I'm going to repent if I need to repent. I'm going to turn and go the other way. But Jesus is still over anything that could possibly get on us. Well, and he commands us to go do those things, right? Go lay hands on the sick. Go heal the lepers. Go um, cast out demons. Raise the dead. And it says in one of the verses, it says that the disciples will be able to drink poison and it will not harm them. I'm not recommending going out and drinking some poison. But, but you can put yourself in those positions if you're covered and you're being, you know what I mean? And, and know that you're covered. Like Kayleen just said, you know, even if, even if you slip up somewhere, then, then it's just a 180 back, right? If you do get sucked into something, like you said, then just one step back, he's waiting and he's always there. That just, as you guys were talking, I had written down, um, First Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion seeking to devour. But First John 4, 4, you are from God and have overcome the world. He who is within you is greater than he who is in the word. world. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will free, flee from you. So all of that, keeping those words and those things written on your heart, as you go out into the world and remembering that you are covered and taking the full armor of God and all of that with you, as you go out through those gates to go reach the lepers on the road to Damascus, on the way to the Mount of Olives, on the way wherever you're going to pray, like I'm, I'm circling it all back to those different gates around Jerusalem and the different directions that all of the disciples were scattered across the earth out of each of those gates to go do all of those different tasks that Jesus called them and us to go do. It goes back to one of the first things I said, right? I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep, Mm -hmm. which means he is our protector. Mm -hmm. So we just like a full circle of watching your gates and guarding your gates, but yet using your gates and, 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 making the whole the full circle of it right because we're called to go do things but we're also called to protect you know because what is the verse all things flow yeah i am no good at that why aren't you up here i love it when you are up here by the way just so you know so um what do you got? You got more stuff? Or are you good? Or I feel there's so many different places and so many different directions biblically where you can just in your you can just Google gates in the Bible and come up with so many different things. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. You know all of those. You can you can go any number of different directions in regards to gates. It was really Just, hard for me to narrow it down at all, yeah. honestly. Like, in the beginning, I thought gates was a real cool topic because I was going to talk about the eye of the needle, go from there. Yet, last night when I was pulling up my picture, I was like, oh, I'm going to be up for a minute, which is fine. I don't mind. But <laughs> uh, 
we talked about Habakkuk and ramparts yeah. and withstanding a siege and when the enemy's at your gate. I mean, we there could be there could be five different messages all on gates depending on di- which direction you go. You know, I really love how literal you are with going through the Bible and like scouring like all these points of views that are like our guide. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's really what makes um, our um, confidence in uh, our our guide to where we need to find the armor. We need to find God. We need to, you know, realize that we are not alone. And this is definitely um, a group effort. Mm-hmm. Um, even knowing from people from thousands of years ago or even people from the future, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely important to, um, let what you perceive as to be important mm-hmm. in your life, in your head and in your gates, mm-hmm. um, for that will help you grow and actually help you more knowledgeable on What's left in the same sentence? Yeah, well-rounded. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, you could be well-rounded and also, you know, have your mistakes because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, you know, of course. But mm-hmm. when you take those opportunities to um, shield your eyes or shield your mouth or anything like that, it takes you to the next step of you know what is more important. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think I think we're we're pretty good at um, shielding our things from uh, things that are physically there, right? Like, I think we're good about shielding our things from things you can see and things you can actually hear. And like when uh, I think we forget about the spiritual connotation of warfare. You know, and that's why God gave us the armor in the first place was well, not the, not the only reason. You know what I mean? It's for everyday life. But uh, it's because we are fighting things that we can't see and we can't hear. And so when I talk about letting things in your eye gate and your ear gate, um, not everything's going to come at you that way. You know, because we do have to remember, and I, I, I don't want to be one of them people, but for sure we're not. It's going to get worse. And I think we need to be super conscious of the spiritual battle that we face. And and that, I think, is going to be harder on your mind and your heart, right? Because, because they're not seen and they're not heard. And they can, they can get a foothold, a stronghold in that gate. And then, um, and then we have to deal with it. I mean, everything's, you know, everything's deal withable. I actually wrote that word down, deal withable. I'm not real sure what word you would put in there, but in my world it was deal withable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to remember that, you know, just like Kayleen said, is we have the most badass protector of them all, right? Like we got Jesus and he's, he's got our, he's, we're in his gate. And, but that doesn't mean we, we're not fighting the battle. That's what we're supposed to do is fight the battle. What do you got? Kayleen's looking like she has something to say. No, I'd love to hear it. 
I always love to hear what you have to say. All right. So when you guys first brought up, like, Jesus is the gate, Mm -hmm. right? So can I just read a a little bit from Psalms 24? You can read whatever you want. Or not 24, 23. So it says, the good shepherd, and this is out of the Passion Translation, right? So he's a shepherd. And when you said he will leave the 99 to go get the one, like, this is where he's leaving us. This is what he's leaving us in. And so it says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in the luxurious love. He tracks, or sorry, he tracks takes me to the, to in his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brooks of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasures and leads me along in the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Amen. Just love that. And just talking about the gates. And when you said that, I'm like, this is the green pasture that God is like that's the gate I'm going through to get to that green pasture is all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. Amen. That's good. That's good. So you all know this about me by now. I'm a very hands-on kind of, you know, person. Um, those strongholds. Are you are you good? Do you want to say something else? Those because I don't want to cut you off for sure. Those strongholds that we told our person on our left or whatever direction I chose. Um, how many of those are you actually dealing with? So uh, if you want, we're done. We're, we're done, and Shelby can pray us out. But if you want, we would be more than happy to pray with you to break any of those strongholds you have. Um and please don't be shy because those are a real thing in life. And um, if you want prayer, we'll be more than happy to uh, do that. And I, I just would highly recommend taking advantage of that. Because I've broken off strongholds 15 times in my life and it seems like I just keep picking them back up sometimes and putting the shoe back on. And when I finally get up enough nerve to go to somebody and say, will you stand with me? Then eight out of ten times, I can actually let it go. Mm -hmm. So if you want prayer, we'll be more than happy to pray for you. Um, Other than that, you want to pray us out of here? we'll do that. Father God, we just thank you that you come and you meet us, you meet with us at the gates to our strongholds. 
Lord, and as we dig into your word and we we meet with you here and meet with each other and just discuss all of these things, all the different seemingly rabbit trails that we could go down that lead 10 different directions, God, that it all, it all circles back to you. It all circles back to your redeeming love and back to Jesus. And we just thank you so much that you make a way that you make gates and paths and and things for us to walk through ultimately to get back to you. And God, we just thank you for the conversation tonight that you led us through and to this point, God, and we just pray in Jesus name that we would stand firm at each other's gates and that you would be right there with us as we move into next seasons and we have discernment on what we do and we don't let in and what we let out. God, just pray that you would put your finger on what we need to move through and what gates need walled off and which ones need opened up. Lord, we give you all honor and all glory in Jesus name. Amen.